0: And welcome to the SummerSlam review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the deadly boys, Michael Hamflit from What Culture to review everything that happened at this weekend's SummerSlam premium live event. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, but Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a one of quiz, of course, on Wrestle Culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamflat, Michael Sidgwick, still enjoying some well-earned time off, and Hamflat is here with me to discuss what was a sensational SummerSlam.
2: Oh, my word. Um, yeah, a really fantastic presentation of what WWE should do and should be, I think, is the best way I would describe this show. Um, it was imperfect, and that's all right. Uh, because I think some of the lows were reminding you how high the highs could be. I think it it wasn't one of them cards that... Well, here's the thing. So it wasn't one of them cards that was a perfect wrestling show, and I don't think we'll enter the conversations for pay-per-view of the year or premium live event of the year, and yet had peaks so high that I think a couple of things will definitely enter end-of-year list conversations. Um, We'll have matches and moments and promos and sections that will be discussed in December as like monumental part of 2022's pro wrestling output. And that is kind of what WWE should exist to do. They're, it's nearly impossible. It's, it can be done, but it's nearly impossible for the way WWE produces content to knock out a pay-per-view of the year contender or a show of the year contender. But their currency remains in moments,
0: mm-hmm.
2: big ones at that. And when you can combine moments with pretty great in-ring... And odd little flashes of booking, of which I'm looking forward into getting granular about for a change on a WWE show, you have the makings of like what would be considered for them an elite tier event. And yes, the elite tier in WWE is often lower than the elite tier of pro wrestling in general, but they approach the best of what they do here at this. And I, like, that's, that's why I think a lot of people were on such a high with it the next yeah. day, because you go into WWE with such low expectations that it's not that hard for them to surpass them. And then when you're reminded of what they are the best at and what they can do better than just about anybody else, you remember why it, it's okay for them to exist. Mm-hmm. Too often, WWE doesn't let you know why WWE should even be around. I, I'll make the joke all the time. There's WWE and there's also a wrestling company. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm at peace with that, but a lot of people aren't. And a lot of people, like, the, line, the more the lines are blurred, the more that helps WWE, I guess. But I just thought this was, this was everything. Somebody that, like, I've watched this for 30-odd years and I cannot switch it off. And as somebody in that position, this is kind of what I want out of them Mm -hmm. more than attempting to be something they're not.
0: Yeah, the Triple H era is well and truly here, in my opinion. And I thought if this had been the second night of WrestleMania that we went to, WrestleMania 38, I probably would have come back and gone... I think that's me,
2: lads. I don't think I ever need to go to WrestleMania again because I've <laughs> seen the best one there is. Maybe this was. Maybe they didn't themselves realise they were doing a second night of WrestleMania, and that like, explains why the, that show was mostly so poor. <laughs> and instead, here it was like the, a one-night event. It clocked in at about three and a half to four oh. hours in a stadium. Nah. Maybe nobody told them that the second night of WrestleMania happened. I mean, I saw Pat McAfee's highlights, and there was a pretty significant moment from that show missing uh, that would lead me to believe that the second night of WrestleMania, that his second night,
0: didn't occur. As we often say, not to make this about us, but we often say sometimes circumstances will, will color our opinion of a show. Mm-hmm. So Sunday, I ended up watching this on Sunday. Saturday night, I was at a mate's thirtieth birthday party. Yeah, uh, I may have sent a voice note singing. I don't think you're ready for this jelly. It, I, I can't give it. people
2: a timestamp, but that that does appear on camera, on microphone, on the screen <laughs> because it popped me so much. It was a very anti-social thing to get my phone up. I thought I had some Wilborn during the show. Maybe this is content. And mm-hmm. I like, it's Wilborn. It's always content. Yep. Yeah. So I think.
0: Sunday ever. Because <laughs> that technically was past midnight when yeah. I sent you that, and we were having this wild old time. Someone had rented out a house and it had got a hot tub mm-hmm. and it had got this massive garden and it was for some reason under the flight path for Luton Airport so I could get my little flight tracker out <laughs> now. Oh, that's going to Sophia. There you go. This is
2: the weirdest like we've all we're all nerds. That's why we work in this profession and that's why we're talking to our fellow nerds that listen. One of the Nerdier quirks that you wouldn't expect Adam Wilborn to get a real kick out of beyond the wrestling and beyond the uh Dungeons and Dragons that you also enjoy. Yeah. Every now and then I will find myself at Wilborn's desk as he shows me the software that I don't really understand of planes coming into the land and uh taking off. That in it's it's like plane spotting, I guess, yeah, train spotting, but for planes, but cool. Well, this is this is me walking past the Games Workshop where people are playing Warhammer, going ah, nerds, <laughs> and then zipping my jacket up because I've got like a Diesel and Shawn Michaels T-shirt on or something. <laughs> I got a mate right who's into a, another version of this.
0: Shout um, out to the, the guys behind Flight Radar Twenty Four, the app. Oh man, yeah.
2: And the forums that you must have—they haven't, they
0: haven't paid me this This—I'm just a fan.
2: The forums that you must have visited uh, when you were younger that were even filthier than wrestling ones for stuff like this. Mate, this this is a new thing for me. I've picked this up in the last six months.
0: All oh, right, this is not
2: like a no. A, I've,
0: no, I've always been like. like poof, what these guys do, Played And stuff. then, then my, one of my best mates was just like, his house is near yeah. a flight thing. And he was like, oh, do you know that flight's going
2: from uh, blah, blah, blah to this place? And I was like, what? Is, all this? is it now? No, a mate of mine, and it's absolutely terrifying when it's happening at 70 miles an hour down a motorway, is bang into, from when he was younger, you're um, just tuning radios. Like digital radios have been a nightmare for this hobby. But like tuning radios and trying to find, you know when you accidentally would stumble across like an international station? Oh, yeah. And you would go, ah. Oh, I'm looking for like uh, I'm looking for like nine nine six nine three because I want to listen to the five live comments. Yeah, yeah. But instead, I've like found something that's coming from Russia or something. Uh, that's the hobby. Uh. They actually want to find that stuff, and you tune it and you go back and forth. And, like, every now and then, like, you'll catch a station from America, for example, and think of how difficult that is. Like, the radio where yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's driving out, and, like, there's, there's hot spots in the country. <laughs> Weather can make a difference. Locations are particularly good. Washington services in the northeast is apparently a great spot because of its location, geographic uh, Do you know what the hobby is called? What? DXing. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like is, like, an appropriate segue back into a tri- the Triple H-booked Summer Slash. Yeah. And, indeed, as you talk about situational enjoyment of shows... I'd been like 200, 300 miles around the country on megabuses and at gigs and was tired and needed something that was like, if there was one thing that was going to energize me, I could do with it early on Mm. in the show to get me through the subsequent four hours. Triple H provided. Yeah, exactly. The game provided. So I did this wild party on the
0: Saturday night, Sunday drive back, a little bit hungover, a little bit sensitive. And then I'm like, oh, I've got loads of stuff we need to do, blah, blah, blah. And I put this on, and this show just rocked for three and a half hours, I thought. And that finishes, literally, my tribal chief is there, holding his belts into the air. I'm like, oh, mate. I'm watching it, looking at him after he's caught that mic and then winked at Brock Lesnar. Oh, my God. (laughs) And and then I go, right, that's another thing ticked off the list. What's next? Let's put the lionesses on. Mm. Football comes home, Yeah, the penultimate episode of Love Island, <laughs> the parents come in, everything's great in the world. Everything's coming up a House. And then I had to watch Rampage. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, we'll talk about that later. I'm joking, I'm joking, of course. But let's start at the beginning of this show, because the show opened uh, with a legacy feud. Mm. Becky Lynch challenging Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. And I kind of don't want to overlook the match, because I thought it was great, but it was... It was all about what happened after the match, really, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, and that's going to dominate a lot of my thoughts for weeks and weeks and weeks, so I'll try and isolate some comments on the match for this podcast where where they're at least deserved and warranted. Another terrific Becky Lynch-Bianca Belair main stage huge stadium match. There are certain wrestlers that have the chemistry for buildings like this, for events like this, for stages like this, and these are clearly two of those women. What I loved about the WrestleMania match was on display here in a different way, which was their ability to make... Can I say this? Because I'm going to just be full of compliments. I think I can. Make the sloppy look intended. Mm-hmm. They have a certain way about them where what would otherwise scan as a certain lack of chemistry or discipline feels more like a fight. They are constantly struggling with one another. Mm-hmm. It looks like... You know, you're in your MMA and your UFC, right? And one of the things that I really struggle with is how a counter game on the the map? On the canvas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. on the mat Like, looks... I'm kind of watching like nothing, because I don't understand the mechanics of it, right? Zach Sabre Jr. showed this to me in a slick pro wrestling way, but it never looks that way in MMA, Mm -hmm. right? They're obviously waiting for the exact right moment. They do like the pro wrestling version of it. So they lose grip all the goddamn time, but then they catch grip again. And then the other person's trying to counter and counter and counter. And you get a sequence like what occurred on the floor, where uh, all of a sudden Bianca Belair goes for the KOD. And it's over that, like... Timekeepers area. So it looks like Becky's just been draped across the balcony, but it turns out she's found her footing and the sequence continues. Yeah. And there was like loads of stuff like that. Neither of them are submission experts. And yet the quest to grab for a hold, in specifically Becky going for the disarmer, results in this just ugly fight, this scrap. I'm not giving you my arm. I'm not giving you, oh God, you've got my arm. I'm not giving you, oh Jesus Christ, you've got my leg. I'm not giving you my hair. Oh God, you've got my hair. And on and on and on that goes. And it's just this cycle that repeats and repeats and repeats. And it is jockeying for position. It's constant jockeying for position because they're kind of, they're not physical equals, but Becky Lynch knows how to wrestle and wrestle around Bianca Belair's many, many strengths. And what you get is just this luxurious chemistry, the types of which I find it hard to think of, like, comparisons. I can't think of many wrestlers that don't just bond as well, but bond in the very specific way Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair do. Um, And, yeah, another absolutely tremendous match, a tremendous fight, a gorgeous closing stretch that led to, yet again, Bianca Blair winning clean as a sheet with her finisher. Two out of two for that as well. They're not sort of resorting to laboured 10-minute multiple kick-out sequences. I'll put this on Twitter along with a lot of other thoughts I had about the closing sequence. But ultimately, a massive, massive star helped make another one. And that is pro wrestling distilled. Yes,
0: it was just a brilliant uh, match, I thought, to open this show. Um, Played with, obviously, their history together. As as you say, Bianca Belair winning with her finish. And then there's a moment afterwards. There's the handshake. I don't know if Becky Lynch is injured. I've seen some images on social media that gets me quite concerned about Mm. all that. And then all I thought about was you. (laughs) Because Bailey's music hits. She returns... In all white. Oh my god. Oh my god. And is then followed <laughs> by a returning Dakota Kai. Oh my god. And as we've always known her, Eo Sky. Real Sky. Yeah. Return. Eo Sky. The first name change in a while that I've, I've been like, yeah, that's kind of fine. Yeah. Actually, Max Dupré. <laughs> that aside, um, more on him later. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Oh my god. But they all come out, there's this. Incredible moment with the five women stood in the ring. Nothing happens, no physicality. We'll probably mm. talk a little bit about it on the Raw preview a little bit later on today. But I just thought, oh, this women's division business is picking up. You had Rhea Ripley looking jacked on the outside for the judgment day. It's a mouthwatering prospect, all of this, isn't it?
2: You have summed it up there. We will talk about this on the Raw preview, right? I'm going to fly all over the shop here because I just obviously... Well, so for the work. I love the out of all of this. Every (laughs) goddamn second of it, right? Um, We will talk about this on the Raw Preview. And that is the first tick in the Triple H column, right, for this SummerSlam. How often, and we've said it on podcasts and we've said it on streams, in between you sucking down a jelly, how often have we said that the perfect way to watch WWE is month to month through the premium live events because you get the wrestlers... You basically have a look at the the board and the chess pieces and you see them and then you could go, we don't, but you could go, see you in a month, chess pieces, <laughs> see where you've been rearranged on the board next month, right? Because WWE just operates best that way. The TV is often a drag. It's often a bind. It's often to the detriment of the wrestlers yeah. themselves, right? Not here. Not here. So you were given this incredible, grandiose payoff. I've said this before. This saga was once, in inverted commas, it was a lie. Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair was not a saga. WWE have made it one. The, rap, the match at WrestleMania was fantastic. Becky Lynch going into a denial spiral after WrestleMania that things were still fine in order to graft her way back to SummerSlam was like really quite astute. And then to bookend this whole thing with a handshake, like that handshake, genuinely, you would have felt it too. She puts that hand out with a left hand because whether or not she's selling a shoe mm-hmm. injury, who knows. But you're nervous all over again, aren't you? Yeah. Oh God, oh God, she shakes it, and Becky pulls her in for the hug. This has actually been, like, they've taken something that was pretty, at the beginning, there he is, shaking his head, but, and turned it into something significantly meaningful. You have to really ignore, like, three months of Bianca Belair's 2021 for this to scan, Mm. right? But I would say everything pretty much post-Royal Rumble has been this earnest attempt to make Bianca Belair all over again, and it has worked. And it's not...
0: Not us being too hyperbolic, saying this is Triple H's first big moves, well, especially when it wow. comes to Bailey and stuff. Because news reports today saying there was no plan to have um, Becky turn face, no, and until Trips got involved, which is insane. So, but.
2: like, yeah, th- here was that we'd said this before, hadn't we? Like, and, and more on why that matters later on this card. By the way, in another like, let's give Triple H a bit of credit.
0: Yeah, oh uh-huh. break the button today. So,
2: like, this Becky Lynch turn comes at the exact right time. Narratively, especially for where her character has been and where we would assume her character is going. More on that later. Um, Bailey in a stable. Full stop. Do I want to do that now? Yeah, let's do that now. So Bailey has been off. Uh, obviously, not in front of a crowd for two years. Was robbed of a pop at WrestleMania. The Bellas were booed for attacking her because Bailey had become the sentimental favorite in the era without fans, um, and she wasn't given a match. And she was asked to guest host and basically clown around and be the idiot for returning legends and that sort of thing. It wasn't on, and then gets injured two weeks before Money <sighs> in the Bank, right? And it's Bianca Belair. So she returns to face up and front up with Bianca Belair because she hasn't forgotten, because this is supposed to be real. This is supposed to be an emulation of these people's lives, right? So Bailey comes back, and it's like, so you think I forgot? Like, it was you I wanted to face in front of all these people. So it's you I'm going to face right goddamn now in front of all these people. She brings with her Dakota Kai and Io Shirai, Io Sky, right now. Io Sky has had the call-up. Having watched for years, probably, a bunch of call-ups go horribly, horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And as instead, and more will be fleshed out on Roy, you would assume, but hitched her wagon to somebody that has suffered that fate and knows a better way, right? Mm-hmm. Well, she's a good start. I'll get along with her. Right? What can possibly go wrong? Dakota Kai is somebody that has publicly, and on Twitter, and on social media, outside of KFAB. Put over Bailey. We see loads of women saying that just what yeah, a supporter yeah, yeah. Bailey is as a trainer, as an inspirational figure, as somebody that constantly tries to elevate. You see it in the matches. She's working for the betterment of all of this. Her and Sasha trying to basically wield tag titles, millions of Bailey stories. Uh Dakota Kai was released amongst, you know, with all the other wrestlers, lots of dark times, lots of sad days. And like Bailey's there, like throwing out the arm of solidarity to all the women. Like, I want to see these people do better. I want to see these people shine. Blah, blah, blah. Do you know another time she said she wanted to see somebody shine? was when she tweeted that she hoped Liv Morgan had an incredible night at Money in the Bank. And Becky Lynch quote tweeted that and said, well, I'm going to ruin your night then because I'm going to win Money in the Bank. And I also haven't forgotten about the time that you hit me with a chair. Use me to get ahead in your own career. So it made narrative sense of Becky Lynch, not just because she just turned babyface to stand arm in arm with Bianca Belair, because Bailey was the one that tried to score points two years ago when she turned. And they were never able to really revisit that because Becky was on with Charlotte. So even there and then... There was some horsewoman law that Triple H was able to enjoy because he loves this. He loves this. Evolution 2018, right? We've called for Evolution 2. Why hasn't it happened? Because he's been nowhere near it. Like, you said it there yourself. A woman's division that suddenly just burst back to life. What happened on his first Raw? Alexa Bliss is like, all of this has been horrendous, and and I want the title, right? Rhea Ripley is basically the vital member of the Judgment Day. Like... She's, like, without, like, they're a bunch of losers. They suck. Rhea Ripley is the only thing keeping this project together, right? The muscle of the Judgment Day is Rhea Ripley. So, women's division immediately on notice. Bianca Belair is suddenly in the ring. Becky Lynch is the only woman in there that isn't suddenly a threat to a title, basically. Mm -hmm. That's, like, that's all she can know right now. A series of tag matches. There was a moment, and I said it on the stream. I'm a stinking mark, right? That there's three of them, and there's one of her. You were asked to think about the possibility of Sasha Banks and Naomi to make the save. You were, you were asked to think that. You were. And then Becky Lynch is there and you're like, oh, we'll have this instead then. And like that goes to one side. That's not an accident. That is not an accident that suddenly it's three on one. And there are two very prominent people that we now know will presumably be having their phones ringing off the hook for a bridge trying to get rebuilt, right? So who knows? Just who, I, I don't know. This is not any sort of like insider speculation or anything like that. Who knows? But... The potential and the positives were just exploding forth from this scene. And all of this, by the way, was Bailey's comeback. So you get like a minute and a half where Bailey, the reaction is just for her, just for the moment, just for the shock, just for the excitement. And then all of that follows afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not just getting your WWE moment, capital M, TM on the end. You're getting potential things that actually follow on. Yeah. The raw. P- do you know what this is, Will Do you know what I want to know after this scene? The fallout. I actually want to know the fallout. We're not just using the word because WW.com have given us nothing. I want an explanation for the group. I want to know. Dakota Kai, shoot, got her job back. Like, somebody has made a phone call and said, do you want to come back to work? Mm-hmm. She's like, well, yeah, but, I mean, look what happened last time. Yeah, we're thinking you and uh Io Shirai Ryan stable with Bailey. Well, I'll see you Sunday. Like, they're <laughs> just... It like that's a remarkable thing that cannot be slept on here. Mm-hmm. That a fired woman was rehired and put in an enormous, like headline grabbing attraction day one. Yeah, like what that narratively in the moment what that offers is incredible. But what that allows you to fantasy book like what's Tegan Knox up to, for example, and that's just like that's one. You know, like Candice Lorraine, Johnny Gargano both finished, and everybody's talking about Will Gargano come back. Champers on the main roster, like. What about Candice LeRae when she wants to? There is precedent set now by these incredible women that take time off to have babies and then somehow commit themselves back to the athletic pursuit of pro wrestling. <laughs> Don't know how they do it. They're all absolutely incredible. She could be the next one. Mm-hmm. Like, I would now expect her to re-sign with WWE and go to AEW. I agree. If you're Candice LeRae. Like, one women's division looks very different to the other. I mean, and even in the Wednesday Night War, when he wasn't getting much right, what was the one thing he could kind of lean on Triple H, and what straight away as he leant back on in his first week in the exactly. job? I don't, I don't think I've ever really mentioned this before. In a lot of respects, I'm not really Triple H's biggest fan. <laughs> I think he's probably the best North American women's wrestling booker ever. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Like, and I, I think there's enough evidence to support that statement at this point. And for him to do this in his first week, when he has to be incredibly careful. Article coming soon to What Culture about this in more detail. Don't expect the moon on a stick from a Triple H renaissance because it is so much harder than to just be like, I like this and this is what we're doing when this company has made money at the heirs for years and years and years doing this, right? Not just that. He's got to think about who he alienates. Like, you cannot just... Well, I don't like Kevin Dunn. You're sacked. Like, Kevin Dunn will have allies, will have a team. He could alienate the entire production truck. He could alienate Kevin Dunn's other powerful political friends. Mm-hmm. He has to be so careful in how he meddles with the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's to assume that Vincent Mann isn't working as a shadow operative and making calls and being like, what the fuck was that, Paul? Like, do this, do this, do this. He might have that. He might be a, a shoot theory sitting there at a table. Going oh, Dad, what have you got for me this week? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, it's a bad line. What's what you breaking up. What did you say? Rehired Dakota Kai and push Pusher with Bailey and Eoshiurai. <laughs> yeah, got it. <laughs> like, he's got to balance all of that as well. So, there's only certain areas where he can absolutely triple H this sh- out of something. And this, more than anything else in the card, was this. And
0: I will say, at SummerSlam last year, when Becky Lynch came out and beat her in 26 seconds with the handshake, I did say, let it play out. Oh, look where we are a year later. Adam Wilborn. Vindication! I said it at the time, and everyone said, no, no, it's a rubbish, bad book in this. Oh, look, a year-long story arc. If you did this,
2: you'd be creaming yourselves, wouldn't you? I was right all along. Imagining, do you remember this is a dated reference? Remember, like, uh, when, like, t- kids' TV shows, Blue Peter were big on this. I hate Blue Peter. Tory. Shows I hate Blue Peter, like, yeah. You know, like, TV shows have totalised as well, like the money's being raised, and you see it going up in a little graph, right? I'm sort of picturing two columns, right? the... Uh, the let it play out columns. And like, here's you on this left. Boop, one. Like, let it play out worked once. And then like, on the other side. <laughs> yeah, don't mind. The millions of let it play out. was so like, that died on the vine. It's like, yeah, forget that. Like Don't <laughs> this, answer
0: on that. This one time it worked perfectly. Also, I hate to say I told you so. Oh, no, I don't. Uh, Logan Paul was incredible against mm. The Miz. That followed it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Also, massive shout out to... Dr. Dana, who provided us, did you play the game? Who provided us with some lovely bottles of Prime, mm. which Logan celebrated with afterwards. That was the game. That
2: like he was Steve Austin with a beer can.
0: Uh, Logan Paul versus Pat McAfee for the world title at WrestleMania. There you go. AW's just shut down at that news.
2: This was, we'll try and keep this review on the track, shall we? It's great. <laughs> I love this. This was really... I know my balls
0: are massive on his uh, on his trunks. Yeah,
2: that was good. That was good. Let, let, can we talk about... Maurice. What?
1: Oh, my God.
2: Uh, Tommaso Champer in that green jacket. Hang oh <laughs> on, you pressed it twice. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They looked amazing. The three of them looked unbelievable. Um, this was... Yeah, I'm going to say it, because I I, I, te- I piloted this take in the office this morning, and when I wasn't... Like, just burnt to a crisp. I thought, oh, this, I can put this out there. I think this might have been The Miz's best match ever. <laughs> Not to tread
0: on your Logan catchphrase phrase,.: Logan Paul tells. is a natural.
2: Well, Logan Paul is a natural, but cheering him isn't right. And Until now. And The Miz. So at WrestleMania... Logan, Like, Logan Paul's obviously got a lot of physical gifts that are going to help him in wrestling, right? That frog splash through the table wasn't just brave and bold, but it was also, like, a real athletic achievement. Like, his form was good. Like, his body, like, he looks amazing aesthetically, but, like, to hit that frog splash and not look like... I'm going to be cruel, but, like, you know, when Shane McMahon just sort of flobs off stuff? Or when Snoop Dogg tries to do... Yeah, like, that. Right. Aye, that aye, that's a better example. Like, does what we all would do, which is go to your knees and fall forward. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, got him! Like... He committed to that huge, the table was like, it did that thing where it, like there's a bounce before the break. So, like, dunk, and then the table collapses yeah. afterwards. Explodes. Yeah, so, and there was a lot of that. The acai moonsault he did in the first couple of minutes, just because, like that, that was another one where you're like, oh man, you're you're going to try everything to make this work. But the, not the problem, but the reality of the people that do that, and Shane McMahon would be included, is that often any semblance of psychology is completely reliant on the other person. Like, you've got... The Miz's job here was to be a base for all of these feats of athleticism and show-stealing moments for Logan Paul and obviously help him get into the positions where they would work, but also to work in such a way where this thoroughly detestable fella, who's really good, as we saw at WrestleMania, at generating the reactions, you know, real-life turn-up-to-11 stuff, the space between, um, getting him cheered. Mm-hmm. And he did it. So every every bit that Miz did here, which I think is like, I would recommend re-watching this and just seeing the amount of times that Miz slows him down and like we say something, let him come. Does that WWE thing of like, I just like stay patient, stay patient. make it, I know you've got like 18 big spots in the chamber, <laughs> but like just save one for right now. Like his pacing in this was absolutely fantastic. And like, I don't think it'll go underrated because I think people re-watch really this. Mm-hmm. and th- This will be even more the Logan Paul match than the tag match they had at WrestleMania, yeah. which credit to him. But I thought the Miz was outstanding here. The champ, uh, AJ spot was legitimately funny. Yeah. So like champ, uh, no, I'm not going to go. I'm sitting <laughs> like, right here. Just a, the just a sheer boldface petulance on him was like the most main roster thing he's done. And he looked really good doing it. So AJ Styles doing the running, noticeably from the crowd, because it took people about four hours to get down that amazing long ramp. <laughs> so it was good that he came from the crowd instead. That running was really cool. Uh, Logan Paul attempting to follow that up with a phenomenal forearm as a, thanks, mate. It's got friends now. Well, that was it. Like, it was sort of, that was like just a neat touch in a match full of neat touches. Uh, Miz having his own moment on a card as a play to the Pokemon card. And then such an absurd weapon that like, oh no, Marisa nearly paper cut that beautiful face. <laughs> I, su- I suppose it was in like a plastic housing, yeah. so that mod- would have hurt a little bit. But that was f- like as funny as it was effective in generating the moment of drama for like Logan Paul to get the win. Um, Logan Paul using a skull crushing finale is great because it puts over the Miz's finisher as lethal enough to put the Miz himself away. Like, there was just a lot of meat on the bone beyond what would be a better example than Pat McAfee, because we're going to get to him later. Like, Bad Bunny, yes, a Canadian destroyer in John Morrison, who is a man that can physically Canadian destroy himself to help Bad Bunny get over, right? Like, Bad Bunny really threw himself into it, did yeah, it the yeah, Rumble yeah. as well, wanted to get beat up by Brock Lesnar. So he's, he's all in for this sort of thing. But you know what you're watching is somebody that has carefully... Like practiced four pretty awesome moments, yeah this was so much closer to kind of a complete Pro wrestling debut. And it was a singles. This wasn't like the tag. Not that you needed it, but at WrestleMania, the whole point is you could hide it if you need to. Things yeah, start yeah. going south. Just get on the apron, kid, and you know, we'll do something. Yeah. Think about
0: what you're doing next.
2: Didn't have those advantages here. There was a bit of smoke and mirrors, but not much. Right. This was strong stuff. And I don't think Logan Paul's gonna be on Raw and SmackDown every week. So you preserve this a great deal longer. They've got a model for this now. Pat McAfee is somebody else that this works for. They've got a model for these wrestlers that are not. The more they're not expected to be weekly characters, the better it goes for them. So the Logan Paul should theoretically carry this buzz now for a few months. I don't. Rumble's maybe gonna be tasty in it. Well, this is it. Maybe he'll work Clash at the Castle because it's a stadium, but I wouldn't expect him as a prominent figure again until the Rumble. And all of a sudden, these special guests, these cameo guys, become Rumble favorites mm-hmm. because you might have gone a while without seeing them. And like Logan Paul and Pat McAfee being in that last field of the, the final twenty. All of a sudden, becomes a realistic expectation.
0: And that was followed by just a really cathartic, effectively extended squash. Mm. Bobby Lashley ruined Theory. Uh, it was for the United States Championship, of course. Theory's got his briefcase. At one point, he teased leaving, and Bobby Lashley was like, I'm not finished with you yet. Yeah. Back you get. Uh, and there was the tease of Theory potentially stealing one. Bobby Lashley, you know, collides with the, the ring post, and Theory hits that jumping in the flippy cutter thing. <laughs> But in the end, it was just a straightforward victory for Bobby Lashley, and that's
2: exactly what we needed. Yeah, you give this the most generous of passes based on the runtime. I would say. I think this went about four minutes, and it only felt that too. Look, theories in a feud of that eight different people, it's just a shame none of them are Bobby Lashley, and he couldn't seemingly care any less about the United States title because he's got this briefcase. We knew this would happen... You know, it wasn't a hot take to say that Theory's gonna start eating a lot of losses after he won the briefcase. Oh, and, and eight now is he? Aye, oh, something like that. And not even just defeats as well. Like he kind of each in every single segment is in because of this briefcase. Uh so this was th- this was heatless, but the few didn't deserve it and it was kept quick as if that they knew that I will say this, the psychology of um Theory tapping out almost immediately because he's got other plans later in the night. I was quite like Yeah. I, I like that 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 rule of the wrestler thinking, Well my my night isn't over. So why would I call it a night? You know, like... and I remember Edge losing to Flair at um, New Year's Revolution. He took a DQ with a briefcase to the face, didn't he, in like seven minutes or something. So aye, I, I like that trick. And had this had gone any longer, I'd have maybe been knocked. But there was no reason to get mad. No,
0: it was great. It was just a nice... Just chucking around like an empty tracksuit, as in the words of Adam Nicholas. Straightforward
2: Lashley's too over for this, though. Yeah. Like they, they're, they're again running the risk of swandering him as a babyface because he's yeah, too him, over for this.
0: Give him something big now yeah. for Clash at the Castle. Uh, and then it was the Judgment Day versus the Mysterios no DQ tag team match. A little bit of me did go a bit. Jim Cornette in terms of, well, if it's no DQ, oh. why the Judgment Day tagging in? Yeah. But this again, the match was overshadowed by another, in my opinion, great return. Edge is back, brood edge, short air, flames, <laughs> sort of. Just
2: a little bit of everything, face, this, isn't it? A little bit of everything.
0: Kicks Damien Priest's ass on the ramp, spears Finn Balor, then spears Damien Priest. The Mysterios get the win, but this isn't over.
2: No. Uh, much like the match itself before Edge <laughs> came out, this isn't over. Uh really? oh, I don't know what I thought of this. So it was a better call. They said they, like, apparently they'd called Edge and said, don't come to Raw. Yeah. Don't come out of Square Garden. So you would assume that maybe this would have played out on Raw. As, as this and you either announce a tag match with Edge in it or, or maybe just it, it doesn't feature on SummerSlam and instead they've promoted this match it gets added to SummerSlam and you get you know I thought the match was nothing but it existed just for two purposes and those are, the, those are the only things people are remembering this is the weird thing about I, like try to kind of articulate this at the start of the review this is the weird thing about WWE versus a wrestling company is that Like, they don't... They're getting to the point where they want you to care so little about the matches that they welcome the silence that greets most of them on Raw and SmackDown, as long as you remember the big moments. Mm -hmm. The Judgment Day and the Mysterios wrestled on Raw. This tag match occurred on Monday, and it had a finish. It wasn't even just, (laughs) well, we're going to have to go again at the pre... We joke about this. Is it going to be TV or is it going to be the PLE? How about both? Because they just give you no... This had a finish, right? And yet because it's my birthday, it's not your anniversary, Ray. They have to go again. So the match was nothing. The no DQ existed for the end sequence, which was Rhea Ripley getting involved and Edge returning. But what did people remember? Rhea Ripley getting involved and Edge returning. So on every one of their metrics, this would have been a glittering success. Yep. Match was a wash. Match had nothing going for it whatsoever. No redeeming features. Didn't even have as much... Dominic Syrian almost got electric chaired. Well, uh, well, yeah, he did. But, you know, it wasn't when we called it and it wasn't uh, in the context uh, of it, it. Not like, the same. As we've always said, it was never going to happen at SummerSlam. There was other business to take <laughs> care of. Um, this wasn't even as charming as the... Like, there wasn't anywhere near the Eddie Guerrero stuff that made the Monday Night Raw match quite sort of charming on its own terms. This match had nothing going for it. Then Rhea Ripley looked awesome as the muscle of the judgment day. And Edge's return went down pretty well with the live crowd. So <laughs> it's almost like, hey, you, look over there. Why? Well, we're just doing the boring wrestling stuff. It's the middle word of our company. But here comes the entertainment around the world. Now, the other two initials. Yeah, I, w- I don't watch, I don't
0: watch <laughs>
2: wrestling for wrestling.
0: Yeah. I want to be sports
2: entertainer. I was thoroughly sports entertainer. That's what this was. I'm not, I don't know. I think just try and bless him. I, like, I don't. I don't know how well this latest one is going to work. The studded jacket and the lightning bolt trouser. It was, it was colour coordinated, I suppose. This is very, very... Um, Loath as I am, to put him over too much. Do you want Chris Jericho? No, we've got Chris Jericho reinventing himself at home. this edge is like this edge is like fifth go at a character in like two years and I feel a bit sorry for him for getting chewed up and spat out by the machine but maybe this one will work I I think it will I'm really excited to see what comes next better as a baby like immediately him as a baby face again it's like what the hell were you doing getting him to go to every town and insult the local sports team in a (laughs) suit what were you thinking like the poor guy yeah so much potential though I mean there's a six man in it yeah there's a six man in it or a six person I guess like Rhea just in the match with them do it look Ah. absolutely like absolutely wrecking dominic and ray (laughs) if you're
1: looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers For full, important safety information, visit juviderm.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or
0: sleepnumber.com. Right, let's talk about the start of the show, as always. Pat McAfee. (laughs) Uh, We've lost... Seven Nation Army, we've replaced it with another brilliant theme. I love it. you got a choir singing, bum-ass Corbyn. Talk
2: to me about what you did when you realised that Corbin's entrance had been stopped for a choir singing, bum-ass Corbyn, because I thought of you in that moment. I, all, um, I wondered if you, this I'm was all a work, and you were saying, oh, man, I'm gutted, I can't make SummerSlam guys over, I like, can't do the jelly stuff, over blah, I'm going to be away for the weekend, actually. <laughs> I'm probably not going to be like around much on Sunday to talk about the show. I'll have to catch on Monday. Like right, looking through, the is he in that quiet? Is he in that <laughs> in quiet? Did he just get
0: himself a national in the Nashville? Hot me huge, and then yeah, new theme for McAfee, which I also love. I love everything about Pat McAfee. I even love it when he gets up on the top rope, and anyone else, I'd go, oh, "You be more professional." Whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh my god! And it's still just
2: just nails his opponent. We're gonna do it anyway. Like Sent on.
0: What what finish are you going for? Kick him in the bollocks. <laughs> Kick him in the bollocks, probably. Yeah. Corbin was great as well. Great foil for, for Pat McAfee. Uh, and do you want to talk about it now? Because I feel like we'll forget when we get to the main event. Michael Cole is a revelation.
2: He stole this show. He had a good night, didn't he? Yeah, there a number of quotables, which is rare for Michael Cole, because typically, obviously, he's just known for what of all of his colleagues always when they're putting him over. It's never, oh, he's a great wrestling commentator, so I was like, he's a great traffic cop or something. Yeah. yeah the amount of stuff he has to manage on a Raw or SmackDown, it's amazing. It's never... Well, did he make you feel anything for the match? Yeah, yeah, the amount of stuff he's got to get across when he's... Yeah, but, like, did you feel anything for the heel of the babyface? Yeah, man, www.shop.com links <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. It wasn't so much of that tonight. He was, It just felt like he could call the action. Um, He was good here. Uh, are we getting, like, him and McAfee versus Graves and Corbin down the line? Because it certainly felt a little bit that way at points. Um, I did love McAfee completely pieing Graves to shake hands with his friend Michael Cole at the end. There was yeah. something quite sweet about that. Cole was good in the main event as well. Yeah, so he did have a great night. This was all right. This oh, oh God, count faster. <laughs> yeah. Um, he said, he called it like the greatest last man standing match he'd ever seen, and he might not have been wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, they can't resist Best it. Best one I've ever seen. It's, it's way up there. But yeah, this was all right. This was... McAfee's flubs were more pronounced, and this is not his fault, but because Logan Paul had a better night. Mm. And we've compared... McAfee has been such a breath of fresh air because we compare him to the brow-beaten, full-time WWE wrestlers. He's like the babyface Shane McMahon. Mm. Like, he doesn't he get, is. He doesn't get the grief for not working the house shows and not making the towns. We're just like too dazzled by his, uh, he's Arthur Fortune. And, uh, oh, Arthur Fortune. Like Mr. Burns, Shane McMahon is they're going, what about my money? It's like, no, he's, he's, uh, he's new money. I like yeah. him. Out of the way you. He's us wrestling, I think. I think that's what it is. That's a good take, I yeah.
0: forget that he was, you know, an all-star athlete and blah, mm. blah, blah. I see him go to leap up on the top rope, not quite make it, and just sort of land on his knees. And I'm going, "Go on, you plucky (laughs) underdog with millions of pounds in the bank."
2: This was good enough, I think. Uh, It went. It was a. This was a a reminder of how well WWE agented this card and this show. The card was never too flabby, really. I Mm -hmm. think we were saying that we didn't want anything getting added for kickoff's sake. We previewed it and it had like, or we talked about it at least, and it had like eight matches by Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, this is this doesn't need to get any bigger. And it didn't. And there was a space for everything uh, to sort of exist on its own terms. And I like this match as a result. The code red Canadian code story red. thing was horrifying. Like fair play to Corbin for rotating himself all the way around because when McAfee slapped that on at the start, I thought, oh, they're both going to die. Cool. <laughs> and how they managed to get all the way over. Was from his match
0: with Cole, basically, a le- sunrise <laughs> Legitimately <as
2: well. laughs> impressive. It nearly brought the sun down on the pair of them. <laughs> uh, Corbin, Corbin's character deserves the break that I think he probably should have had yeah. after the Mad Cat Moss one, because he kind of...
0: It, it was justified bringing him back for this, I think. Yeah,
2: I think so, but I'd like to see him get the break. The, the punt in the nuts was everything it should have been as a payoff to him suffering it himself. This was good enough. Just about passed. Just about passed. I don't want. I don't want McAfee to look as wobbly in this. He's too. He radiates too cool an aura to be making too many near flubs. Mm. From the star of WWE to the star of the
0: weekend, Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> who refereed the undisputed tag team title match between the Usos and the Street Profits. Not the way I thought this was going to go, uh-huh. but I'll allow it for a variety of different reasons that we'll get into in a second.
2: Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to say this for maybe the third match in a row. I thought this wasn't much as a match, but the big headlines, the big angles, and the big talking points have given us actual talking points for Monday Night Raw. This was, yeah, this would be three matches in a row where I felt like the in-ring didn't live up to much, but the memorable stuff was hugely memorable. So Ray, not Ray, Mysterio, sorry. the, The whole point of the Mysterio's and Judgment Day match was to get over Edge's comeback. Think about Edge, think about Edge, think about Edge. The whole point of the McAfee match was to be like, think about McAfee, big moments, big spots, he's a big star. The whole point of this was, astonishingly, to be fair to them, not really to think about the Usos have returned the titles. It was to think about Montez Ford and to think about where the Street Profits are going. And as a result, I think it's all right that the match was a little bit of a disappointment. I don't think it was particularly well worked. I was think they've just done everything they could possibly yeah, do. I wasn't sat here, like, wishing for, oh, this is the sort of match that, yet again, makes me want to see just what Usos and the Young Bucks could do. If anything, I was like, oh, I wish the Usos were a place where they weren't wrestling the same team a hundred times. Yeah, well, Usos better anyway, so it mm. doesn't matter. They hit you over the head in the first minute. This is it. It was that kind of like... I w- like Jarrett squaring up to him. The WWE stuff where it's like, we need, at the end, everybody to know that Jeff Jarrett is going to call this right down the line. How are we going to do that? Are we going to just pepper in some, like, little... little wants to moments where you can see that Jeff is maybe put, no, we're going to have him physically manhandle one member of each team in the first exchange of the match. There's like no <laughs> sort of, of authority, authority down that boy. He's like, pulls one of the USOs off, pulls one of the Street Profits off, bollocks them to their face, puts them in their place, it's like, right, forget about that now. We're going to have headlock takeovers and a few high spots for 15 minutes. And then what? Well, the Jarrett stuff's going to matter at the end. Alright, like, so you <laughs> do, so we, well, we can just go to the toilet for the full duration of the match. Yeah, yeah. Get, back, get back for the finish. Get back for the finish. But Montez Ford sold this really, really well. He was at fault for, well, he wasn't at fault. It hurt. His move hurts because mm. he hits it from such an incredible height. But that delay allowed for the kick out. Jeff Jarrett's integrity was never in doubt because of the over-the-top spot we saw in the first minute. And they never once played with that. There was no biases. There was no threat of a guitar shot. He was there to do the job that apparently professional referees can't do, which his referee did it. You have the result. And I thought, a very effective job of asking wherever next for the street profits. Do you know what I thought here, Wilbon? The move, the play, is the Montez Ford heel turn. Mm -hmm. He's going to be so over as a babyface anyway one day. This was his fault. You have him deluded by his own, by reading his own headlines and believing his own BS a little bit. Be like, Angelo, mate, you're just not pulling your weight. And you're like... Mate. And it would get over how underrated Angelo Dawkins yes. is. And him being like, man, if you want so goddamn ostentatious with that from the heavens thing, couldn't you just hit him with a normal f- finisher and pinned him? Why does it always have to be about you? Why are you always trying to find the roof in a stadium when there even, isn't even one yeah. there? Like, you don't have to be Montez Ford every minute of the goddamn day. And Montez Ford at this point lost in how popular he's become and in how all the talking points are about him. Maybe that's what you play with. And he looked livid with everyone but himself. Mm-hmm. But... He was the guy, man, like he just reacted to Jeff and just get on with the job, and he didn't, and he got hauled out as a result.
0: Like, And he could have, arguably couldn't have, but the argument is, could he have gotten to break up that pinfall? They're both hitting the 1D on Angelo Dawkins. Yeah,
2: but he'd been... He'd like, been taken care down, of on yeah. the outside, so yeah, I'm I th- really th- excited I to see was... where this goes
0: from. Like, if someone had said, these street brothers aren't going to win the tag titles, I'd have said, oof, it's a dumb move. Mm. But... We the ones, first of all, obviously. <laughs> and second of all, I'm so excited to see where this goes from here. And, well, we've got, we, we all know, I'm going to do this as a brilliant segue, watch this. We all know who the next tag team champions are going to be anyway. Oh, is it Ray and Edge? No. Oh, is it the judgment day? Absolutely not. Oh, is it maximum male models? Congratulations, top of the class. Because I'm not sure where it came in all this.
2: That's me shaking a water bottle and not something else.
0: Yeah, and it's not his bottle just getting wet (laughs) because um, we're talking about it now. uh, Maximum Male Models did a water advert and it's one of the best things that's ever happened at SummerSlam.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, just hold the finger on the button for an hour. Mansoir, I'm so...
0: (laughs) (laughs) You absolutely... And, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I didn't watch SmackDown, Ah. as I said. So I was like, I'm happy about this, but it is tinged with, like... Oh, what could have been? Mm. And then, at the last second, just when I think you can't do anything dumber, you go and do something like this and totally <laughs> redeem yourself. Max, do, three,
2: <laughs> wee! Amazing. So glad he's back. The best Triple H call yet, I would Gangs back together. Yeah, that's it, yeah. The old days, the good old days, the awesome foursome that is Maximal Male Models. Well, I say a man's should go undefeated and win the tag titles. This has to be seen to be believed. We, uh, we 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 watched it in the office all together this morning, reliving it, and I wanted I, I just another taste because I was flat. Like I enjoyed the booking of several of these matches, but you're heading for a couple of hours into this show, and I want to reiterate again that like to our American listeners, this will be nothing. We met Stu in yeah, Texas, yeah, yeah. and he does this trip just to cover a wrestling show, but to travel halfway across the country and back. I was feeling like the tiredness. I hadn't really slept or anything. And I was worried about like my energy levels for SummerSlam. And this pretty much got me through to the main event <laughs> because Jesus Christ, Mansoir and Mace being asked to sell water for what? 20 seconds, 30 seconds mm-hmm. and doing nearly as good a job as we did of selling cereal was <laughs> remarkable. The bit there's, there's so many bits, but the bit that sticks out stuck out to me at the time was the water over the biceps. <laughs> so they've drank the water they poured the water over the face. They've poured it over the hair as if they're in a shampoo commercial. Mm-hmm. Eyes shut. Letting it just flow over them like a waterfall. And then you see a close-up of, I think it was, uh, was it Mansoir? No, it wasn't Mansoir because it was, so it was, yeah, Marseille's muscles. Mm-hmm. But he sort of like foreshadowed it by opening his shirt up a bit more and pouring it over his chest. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, oh, it's just going to be like, you know, he's like glistening his chest. No, no, it's just all of his muscles. Like he's just covering his biceps in all this water. They do the just-married wine glasses bit with each other, and they're both no-looking each other. So they're both, like, staring at you, the viewer, at this point. They're, like, right down the lens. Oh. They're, they're breaking the Vince Man rule of the fourth wall to look at you as they drink water, and it misses their mouths, and it just no, They don't water. know how to drink water, either. Them They can't do it. But they, they, by not being able to do it, they do it. Yeah. Don't ask me to explain the Rubik's Cube that is a maximum of your models, but it's the best thing in wrestling. Yeah. It... I, i don't watch this when we finish because I'm laughing at myself. It's thinking so about how good. good. It was. At the very, very end, the four of them are all in shot together. And I think it's Max Dupree that Mansoir is looking at. But he walks back into shot and he's got his glasses like over his, his aviators, over his eyes. And then he just tilts his head forward. So they rest on his nose and he just hard eyeballs Max Dupree, Wee oui, wee, oui. But he's thick doing it. Like he looks, he somehow masters vacant and serious yes. in one incredible look. This is Inspired garbage. Yeah. It's ab- It's like God-tier
0: garbage, this. Let's do, speaking of garbage, let's do the bits that I have to mention, but I don't really want to. Kane came out and lied about the attendance. Yeah, what a stupid loser Kane is, man. Kane
2: sucks. And Kid Rock <laughs>
0: got off with someone and flipped off the camera. That was so
2: weird. Like, I don't know if that's his girlfriend or what. I, I, I was led to believe that she was some sort of social media person, but I don't know. But if she's not, she's just his lass. And just started necking on. And then he just flips the bird. It's like... Come on, mate. It's 2022. Like, I know you've been chosen as a soundtrack, but hopefully the person choosing you will soon no longer be with the company. Indeed. Less Kid Rock in all of our lives, the better. Like, uh, you know, I, d- I feel like Partridge when he's talking about, like, I was at Crowded House saying, come back on and play another song. Like, I was once 13 laughing at the swear words on Kid Rock's A History of Rock. <laughs> you know? I once knew all the lines to the chorus, bar with the bar, de bang, a bang, jiggy. Like I was, yeah. I understood what a great lyricist he was. Of course. Those days are over. But we did
0: get in around and around this time uh incredible, memeable content. Uh, that was uh Riddle crashing the party, saying that you know <laughs> he, he just just despite the fact he's not been medically cleared, yeah. He wanted to be there, he and he was gonna do this with
2: well, you know what? I was I, I hoping did your voice, sorry to interrupt, he wasn't. That riddle at all, was he? Well, he wasn't that riddle. No. He was Matt Riddle. Like this wasn't me Me, 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 He was just, I'm livid and I'm hard. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm gonna deck you.
0: And then Rollins comes out and he's just got postman Pierce and, and then just everyone. And he's like. <laughs> and then he runs. <laughs> and it's been all over social media. the Memes that have come out from this. And eventually, stomps
2: Riddle again. Mm. Solid heat angle. Riddle couldn't get up. Uh, you know, they did a good job of selling this. The delaying tactic was a bit... Because, uh, you know, it's they had a pay-per-view match and they needed it for another pay-per-view instead. And it's like, well, just book better. Just, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. book better. But I thought this was a, a decent compromise. And a, a nice... Um, just in general, there was a lot of this on the show. You stuck with the peacock adverts, unfortunately, but I like things getting broken up with angles or heat or things that are actually relevant to the shows that we're going to talk about rather than just more adverts. So I like that. Uh, another
0: match next that was nothing really to write home about, but again, is really good and memorable for me for for what it's delivered going forward. It was mm-hmm. Live Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. Could have done with Jeff Jarrett as the referee for this. (laughs) Smackdown Women's Championship. uh, And we got to see Ronda Rousey of old. The edgy Ronda Mm -hmm. Rousey. You know, she's she's being nice to Liv Morgan, but she is going to snap that arm one way or another. And Liv Morgan, hell of an underdog performance, scratching and clawing to get to the ropes each and every time. And getting a bit of offense in, but every time that that starts rolling, boom, Ronda Rousey dumps her on her head and tries to snap her arm in half. And in the end, Liv Morgan got the pinfall, While simultaneously submitting, the referee didn't see it, though. So Liv Morgan retains the SmackDown Women's Championship, and this causes Ronda Rousey to snap, to turn heel, to attack a referee. You mentioned it earlier with Becky Lynch. The pieces are falling into place.
2: On the same night, like I thought this was the worst thing on the show, and yet it featured one of the better bits of booking across the whole night. I I thought the match was pretty rubbish. The execution of everything looked pretty lame. They don't have very good chemistry together when it comes to... no. Uh, that style that Ronda likes, you know, of constantly working from hold to hold to hold, it just it just didn't flow very nicely. Live, I hate, I hate it, it like cardinal sin stuff. A baby face cannot celebrate their way through a slightly ill-gotten victory, no matter how, no matter how slight or accidental or not their fault it is. You as a you can't do it. CM Punk. Shouldn't have been booked to do it in that John Cena match where Triple H missed the foot on the... Like, awful, awful, awful WWE thing that just should not exist. So Liv Morgan, obviously, getting up after the match and surviving the attack and with a smile on her face being like, hey, I'm still champion. That's cowardly. You should come out on Raw or SmackDown and challenge Ronda Rousey straight away. The whole reason I wanted this match was to prove I could beat you in a fair fight and that hasn't happened. We need to go again. Like, that needs to happen because it's just... To let it... Like, for them to cut to Liv and to spend time on her celebrating and toasting this victory, awful. Crap. Don't do it. Bad habit. Bad habit. Ronda Rousey being allowed to finally transition into being a heel again on the very same night that Becky Lynch turns babyface is really cool. The road to WrestleMania has started for the pair of them. They've got the exact same amount of time to explore these new characters that will probably lead us to Royal Rumble season where neither of them have got belts, and then it becomes about, well, I want to go to WrestleMania. Well, I want to go to WrestleMania, and then neither of them are going into title matches, but it's okay because they can go against each other. Um, I'm... Less, con- I'm less sort of convinced now that Ronda will get the belt back from Liv Morgan. I am wondering instead that this will send her on a... Like, she's out of title contention because not only is she... Like, she would argue the toss for another title shot against Liv, but she's then attacked officials. I wonder if this will... Like, they'll say, back of the line. And you're like, we would look, the finish was one thing. We could have easily put you back in place. Yeah. But, but you lost your head, so we can't have that anymore. And because, you're, because this Triple H thing might come to nothing, but allows you to think that they might think... Maybe they make her, like that SmackDown locker room is pathetic. So you can have you can get eight to ten weeks of Ronda Rousey just running roughshod through the whole thing, and then right finally I've got another title shot, and then she blows it. So then it becomes about the Royal Rumble, yeah. or something like that. I'm more thinking that her and Becky maybe doesn't need a belt, or like you say, you go we can't justify these
0: actions. You've you've gone too far now, Ronda. You've taken it to the
2: extreme, and oh. extreme
0: rules is after Clash at the Castle.
2: Yeah, that sounds that sounds better actually. And she's a, put her back in a bit earlier, right now.
0: Oh, oh, more stables, more women's stables yeah. coming your way. Uh, and then it was time for the main event. that Everyone said to me, <laughs> oh, this can't be as good as WrestleMania 38. And I said, guys, yeah. WrestleMania 38 was was one of the peaks, obviously. we the ones. me shouting at some
2: children oh. and stealing their belts. <laughs> so they acknowledge him. You're like sort of, I'm afraid I, the L that you're going to take is so big, I'm delivering it on a tractor.
0: So, yeah, so I'll, I'll admit... I am not a fan of Last Man Standing matches. I've said yeah. this a million times. Um, but this, without doubt, is the best Last Man, last man Standing match I've ever seen. It's way up there. Way up there. Because it was just, I mean, bombastic is the word. Mm-hmm. He entered on a, well, he didn't. He entered and then went, one second. <laughs> got a yeah, Came in, stood in the scoopy bit mm-hmm. to introduce himself. And you think, well... This is peaked. <laughs> yeah, it hadn't by the way, but also he introduces himself, tosses the mic, Ryan Reigns catches it. It's been everywhere. No but look but catch. Ryan Reigns no look catches. Winks at Brock Lesnar. Half of the stadium gets pregnant as
2: a result. I just I don't. think. And then they just went absolutely bonkers. There have been a lot of insincere side by sides done in wrestling Twitter over the years. The fact that it has been two days and I've not yet seen, because I can't do animated ones. I can do picture ones. I've not seen that lined up with Kevin Nash catching that cup when the are getting attacked and just throwing it back. How? Like the two coolest guys ever doing the two coolest yeah, things ever. Someone needs to do that. Amazing. Um, this match, this goddamn match, uh, yeah, I was ha- happily one of the more outspoken. I was dreading this. I was actively dreading this, right? I didn't want to watch the stipulation. I don't want to see these two wrestle anymore. I thought the WrestleMania match was a bit of a sham, quite honestly. And uh, I d- who could have pitched Tractor?
0: Like, this is the thing. Like, if I'd like, said to you beforehand, the last man standing match goes on last, obviously, mm. and it goes 23 minutes.
2: I know. I, I'd be absolutely dreading it, right? We all would. We all, oh my God, Spear through the barricade, Spear, F5, Spear, F5, Paul Heyman takes a bump. What Like, Usos do a running. Everything happened. Everything I'm describing happened. And the thing is, when it when he comes down with that tractor, I go, yeah, yeah, very nice. But
0: I mean, what's your strategy here? You brought, you're not going to be able to use it.
2: Well, right up to the point where, so he puts Roman in the the, is it a bucket? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He puts it. He puts him in there, and it's going up and up and up. and I'm thinking, well, this is the best bit because when he falls out, you can't like you can't make it noisy, and you can't go so high that he puts him in at risk. So it's going to be from a reasonable height and then he's going to just like slop to the ground. It might be funny, but it's not going to be impactful, right? And it was that, wasn't it? Mm. I think like the fans even kind of got up for it and then were a bit like, like Roy Hodgson, yeah? <laughs> like, now. Just like he slumps out the book. But like him going up there in it is funny. It's a like, great visual. Like, like this, these toys are going to get made, aren't they? The kids at Christmas are going to be playing with their Brock Lesnar in a tractor, lifting Roman Reigns up in the thing. Right? That's going the happen. first one I actually approve of. Right, that, that's going to happen. So you're like, oh, yeah. And that, and that is suddenly the best thing you can do with it. And then he does what he does with the ring. And first of all, Roman being tipped out of it is absolutely bloody hilarious. Like like the exact right amount of terrifying because you'd like to think he's got an element of control. But all of a sudden, he is just, we're kids rolling down a grass bank. (laughs) Yes. The ring is now a grass bank and he's going like that. He can't stand up in it and he's on the floor. So he's rolling and hoping that when he lands on the floor, it's going to work out all right. The first bit where he pushes the ring I uh, thought that was it. Well, yeah. And I'm I f-
0: thought he was going to move the ring yeah. and then they're going to be like, oh, he's exposed the floor and there's going to be like an F5 onto
2: it. And, you, and I thought, oh, okay, there's Michael something. Cole does that call like that time that you and Phil nearly had the cameras fall on you. Like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like, the ring coming at you. Like, must have been... Well, he called it like it must have felt. The ring is coming towards you and you have no control over where that thing is going to go. Amazing. When he lifts it and it just sort of stays there because there's a giant thing underneath it. Obviously, we know everything will have been preset to it. But... This is better than the exploding rings. Yes. This is better than the exploding rings because it's it looks legitimate because there's a giant big clump of metal holding it up. It doesn't look like that some stagehands have carefully mm. positioned one of the corners to be sprinkled. This looks real. So it, like they then cannot wrestle in it. So if you see the phone footage of Brock Lesnar, he climbs back to that corner mm-hmm. to say thanks very much, fans or whatever. That in itself is a struggle because you're at like a 45 degree. I can't stop looking at it. I'm just staring at the chaos and the devastation. Everybody is. Everybody knows that can picture the visuals. You're all picturing your favorite one at the moment. They're fighting on the floor, and the background is the ring. Because it's up there, the whole thing is colored. The, like, the frame is colored, the color of the canvas. It's like this white and blue wash. Like, you know the Truman Show's cardboard sky. <laughs> That's this, like, it's just this background, this, like, stable physical object that these men are trying to fight around. And then... When you're thinking, well, I, they've only got this, like, narrow space with which to fight. Like, theory, I'm sorry I'm jumping ahead in your recap. Theory comes out to cash in, right? And they've only got this narrow bit to work with. The cameraman appears to be positioned in the, that little timekeeper's area. So the thwack on that briefcase to Roman is brutal. The super kicks that they hit Brock with look like shoots. I'm sure they weren't. <laughs> you know, they're like, they, they've hit a million of these super kicks. They're not going to measure it. But they look like they are just, like, clobbered him for real. And then Brock... Like, breaks the table with Paul Heyman's head. Like <laughs> It was wasn't such a good like, bump. It wasn't such an F5. It was more like Heyman was, like, having to burrow into it. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, he just did not move, and that was great as well. Like, I love the... F- like, there's a real, like, art to the physical comedy of, like, uh, body laid flat, <laughs> yeah, right? It like, arm split over here, leg over here, not moving for a good five minutes. It There was a risk of the end getting flabby, because you've seen the best bit. The ring is tipped, like... No spear f5, whatever, is going to be quite as good, as fun and wacky as all it was, as the ring being tipped. But I did quite like a well, pile all the like detritus on top so of it. So good. The one thing it missed, the what Phil called this on the stream, the one thing that would have made that finish even better was theory being used with the desk. Oh, the, that uh, would have been great. It's like, what can we throw on top of Reigns? Oh, there's like theory's <laughs> broad body, with, <laughs> put him on the pile as well. Let's set fire to it while you're at it and just see what happens, see if that keeps this beast down. They did what was theoretically impossible, which was uh, create the illusion that this Brock Lesnar that has now been beaten, like clean by Roman, but beaten enough times that for one night they made him feel like that unstoppable monster again. Hmm. This was amazing. This was like a, I don't know, I'm curious what Dave Meltzer will give it, but this to me felt like kind of like four and three quarter star. Yeah. Sports Entertainment, yeah. you are almost hitting the very best of what you as WWE can do.
0: I've never enjoyed someone going through an already broken table.
2: More oh man, that, the broken table stuff was fantastic. Brock Lesnar's back getting cut up. Like Roman using it as if it was a chair. Like that bit of table where he just like he could hold the leg but hit with the table. Mm-hmm. That's the new perfect weapon. Because you can swing it with the hand with the chair, mm-hmm. with the table leg, but the impact is like all flat. So it's just a bit of wood. But because it's jagged on the side, it looks so much more dangerous. Mm-hmm. It looks like it feels chaotic. It doesn't feel fair.
0: slammed back when he got it slammed through the table that had already been broken. Oh,
2: this was really good. It was this amazing. Was really, it was an really amazing,
0: really So just to talk you through what, what what my experience of watching this as well. I'm I'm watching this on my laptop with my headphones in. missus is catching up on Love Island or whatever it was. And she's glancing over and over and, every now and again when I'm going, oh, bloody Bailey's come back. Oh, it's Edge or whatever. Yeah. And I genuinely, I jumped I I jumped out of bed mm. when he when he lifted the ring with I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah. I think that's the, this is the greatest moment in Last Man's Standing Match history. <laughs> the bump happens, and like you said, they've already clunked each other with, you know, stairs and chairs and F fives and spears and all that, and they've done the whole oh, like genuinely good I'm just getting back to my feet. Not just like, oh, I've been hit with a transitional move and yeah. I'm told oh, i like, genuinely, like, wobbly-legged, Roman jo- always just making it and then immediately collapsing into the ground or mm. just roll into the outside so he lands on his feet, technically, and then, oh, down again. The, you get the theory thing, and everyone goes, oh, bollocks, and that's immediately, don't worry about that, that's definitely not yeah. happening. And the Paul Heyman bump, <laughs> the thing that people have pointed out where one of the Usos sort of suplexes his own brother to help Roman right? Yeah. Brock Lesnar do that to them. But yeah, Brock Lesnar just he gets super-kicked and then goes, okay, Well, you can have some receipts for that. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, takes all them out. And then, yeah, the finish, which is just, I'm going to wail on you with this briefcase. Right, that's not worked. Michael Cole putting in one of the performances of his life here. Mm. I'm going to clobber you with the belt. I'm going to clobber you with another belt. And then I'm going to chuck everything I can find. There was a bit, I watched it again this morning. So they chuck on like, there's a bit of table and there's a chair, and there's some stairs, and then there's the big bit of table, mm. and then there's some more stairs, and Roman stands on top of it, and blah, blah, blah. There was a bit where Roman just put a box. He, it was like, I'm not sure if it was one of the video boxes or yeah. just a box, and it was like, that wouldn't pin anyone down, but he was like, I'll take anything right so now. I, anything I within my grasp.
2: a door from a killer exactly. in a film. Any, anything in front well, of the door. Yeah, put
0: it on top, the visual of him standing, and you just see, like, Brock's legs sticking out from mm-hmm. the bottom. Him standing there with all the belts uh, and and the the pyro going off. I did like Drew McIntyre's little bit with the the kid as well, by the way. That's just reminding me. Oh, yeah, he got that chump for that kid, didn't he? Yeah. Um, And he he stands there, and Paul Haynes like, bloody hell, what's going (laughs) on here? A fantastic ending. The only thing I want to add to what you said, because I just want to heap more and more praise on this, and I'm probably going to go back and watch this match. Mm. And how many times have you said that about a Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match outside of WrestleMania 31, basically? Yeah. Did you notice the L-T-S-T?
2: No, hit me with this. I'm excited
0: for this. I'm astonished no one has picked up on this on social media. Okay. And I have a feeling that if I do tweet this, people are going to be like, reach in, mark, or okay. whatever. But I mentioned it. I'm going to circle back to it. So he's hit Brock with everything, like you say. Just And he's got the Usos involved, and, and Paul Haynes then be going, there you go, take both belts, just don't kill him, please. Yeah. He hits him with the briefcase, mm-hmm. and he thinks, he think, right, that's got to be it. And he gets up, and he hits him with the WWE Championship, mm-hmm. and that doesn't put him down. So he has to resort to his precious. Because we know how he feels about the WWE. WWE Championship, it's a nice trinket to have, mm-hmm. but remember when he went oh, piece of crap yeah, yeah. the Universal Championship is his thing, and he's yeah. like I've got to resort to using that this, that I've had for go days. back Yeah. leave us alone, never come back, this is my yard now, this is my title, I've held this for like 700 days, today
2: as we record 700 boom! days, boom Nice. Oh, that's very good. No, that's a good detail. Because I that tossing away the belt but thing. But if it was Kenny Omega who did it I mean, <laughs> all over? So, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. That's, I, no, I think that's like, I was, you told us about this this morning, and I said, well, tell me on the podcast then. And a little bit of it then I think, oh, God, this is going to be a bit. And you're going to be like, and Roman did a fart and ran away. <laughs> like, the, Like no, i would give you that. Because I, that, when he threw that belt away, he pulled such an expressive face that he left you with a memory of it, and it was hard then to sort of he want to take he wants to take that off Brock just to take it off him rather than to have it and yeah like Dude, which belts do you always want Heyman to hand him it's the distinction between the two that is important and I like that and it's all the more if and when they do separate them why they can kind of have the cake and eat it because you can keep this reign going for Roman without mm-hmm. feeling like are they gonna just save for the WWE title? We were very clear about that. A <laughs> Clash of the Castle <laughs> for the WWE title,
0: the Universal Championship, of course. As we all know, only ever defended in America. What about the Saudi? Only ever in America.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, that. Um, I the, the, drew honest. Like honestly, they could be like, "Well, that's my precious." Like, Roman, I don't care about your 700 days. I care about that thing that you're not taking seriously. Mm-hmm. You were willing to just throw that around in a match with Brock Lesnar. I carried that around as a symbol. When this com- when you were nowhere near this company, yeah. Roman, there's somewhere they could go with this. Maybe there's something to it. The match was excellent. Um, so you, what you're saying is you finally have had to... Acknowledge him! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think I'm worried that him might be Triple H. Should
0: <laughs> H, play cheer his ear, baby?
2: It was, a, it was a really good night. It was a, a good night to be Triple H because regardless of how the show went, he was going to be the one that would be shoulder in the blame or the acclaim. And he's come out with way more of the latter than the former. So look, I, genuinely, I kind of wait for Raw to pick up on a lot of the things, mm-hmm. like, a lot of these threads that were dropped on his show. And that's remarkable. Mm-hmm. Like, that is genuinely an, an achievement in and of itself of an otherwise like, strangely enjoyable card. Indeed.
0: Well, let us know your thoughts on SummerSlam on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet
2: at... Michael Hamlet.
0: Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, we're going to be reviewing AW dream baby, a little bit later on. And, of course, looking ahead to all the SummerSlam fallout on the Raw preview. But for now, this has been the SummerSlam review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.